Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, you've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Liz and Matt. And it's Old Guy Friday. Greg Olson is a Seahawk, and Jason Witten is threatening to keep playing. We discuss. We also discuss next week's Combine, which prospects have a chance to DK Metcalf their way into the hearts and minds of America. Stefan Diggs and Derek Carr are out there on Instagram. What does it all mean? That and more. Listen up and I don't leave a message. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Liz and Matt and Brett. We are here for more off-season hashtag content. Let's start with Greg Olson, my old buddy from a yacht. Only the spiciest storylines here on February, whatever the hell day this is. Let's say, let's say 20th. I think it is actually the that is scientifically accurate. Yeah. Nice. Boom. Greg Olson, after visiting Buffalo, Washington, and Seattle, signs with the Seahawks. One-year deal, $7 million. Interesting part is that $5.5 million is guaranteed. That's enough money to keep him out of the booth and on the field. Matt, I got to ask your opinion about something. So, obviously, you know that I love the big guy from Big Sky, Will yep. Disley. Yep. But Madden posted an animation of Greg Olson, who wears number 88, in his new jersey. But the Seahawks version of which, fun fact, Will Disley also wears number 88, fuels the fire of Will Disley's stock tanking. Do you think the news that from Seattle that came out on Thursday saying that the team expects him to be ready recovering, obviously, from that Achilles injury and subsequent surgery that he underwent in November by September. Do you think that that's just like perfectly planned to make Will Disley feel better or like nobody cares about Will Disley and he's just going to be available in two tight end sets and maybe one of these guys stays healthy enough to be a contributor? Probably no one cares about Will Disley. <laughs> Although I will say this. Football Twitter does. Well, you're wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, people care. I mean, I'm just saying like in the grand scheme of things. I bet you in three years from now, we don't care about Will Disley. Anymore. Okay, but do you think when he saw that, it, like, you know that one of his buddies was <laughs> like, yo, like, they stole, he stole your jersey yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. Although, like, Greg Olson wore 82 in Chicago. Maybe he goes back to the 82. You know, that was, I think, Luke Wilson's number with the— Yeah, Luke Double L Wilson uh, at the, with the Seahawks for a long time, but he's, like, on and off the roster now at this point. I think maybe maybe Greg just switches to the old 82. I don't. I mean, I think Madden's just uh, taking a, you know, taking a taking a little bit of liberty there with the eighty-eight. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, don't, mean, know. I don't know. I don't. Well, so, Greg Olson did manage to stay healthy for let's say thirteen and a half games. 
decent amount of games. Right. Like he played 14 games, got injured in one. And so he missed two. So 13 and a half caught a little under four receptions per game. That's pretty decent given the, shall we call it erratic quarterback play? Are you still buying him as a low end tight end one? Or do you think that Seattle's going to roll out so many two tight end sets that Disley? Theoretically, and Olsen will cannibalize each other. Listen, this is no, February no, 20th, look, Matt. I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. We know there you. is no offseason. There is no offseason. But speaking of the offseason, I've got so much time on my hands that I wrote up a reaction piece to this uh, this particular signing. Because we talked about on the podcast last week, I thought of the teams, this one made the most sense because they're actually a contender, the ones like he was visiting with. Oh, Buff. yeah, Russell Wilson and the money. Come yeah, on. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, you were Russ and all those guys posting their they were posting pictures together back at the Super Bowl. It was all it all lines up now. But I think the quarterback position and the money, like I think any of these teams were gonna have to give him like five million guaranteed to stay out of the booth. Like put that off for another year, maybe try to get another maybe try to get a ring. So I found this stat from Sports Info Solutions. They deemed just seventy three percent of Greg Olson's eighty two targets as quote, catchable, which ranked 23rd out of 27 tight ends to draw 50-plus targets. Now, I remember telling you, you know, you talked about, like, feeding takeaways off of each other uh, on the last podcast, and I remember back, like, somewhere in the regular season, hey, it feels like a long, distance, distant memory now at this point, but I think it was, like, the Packers-Panthers game where Greg Olson just looked pretty pissed with Kyle Allen. Like, I think those targets were not very quality. Well, didn't he yell at him? Yeah, I think he's like straight up looked just like he's yelling at him. And, yeah. and that was a theme like throughout the early part of the season. And I think that just kind of goes to show like this. I don't think he really wanted to do, you know, the Josh Allen experience, God forbid, or the um, or the experience in Washington with another growing quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. The rebuild. Yeah. The rebuild. So I actually think that Greg Olson, like we don't really know what he has left um, I think he still has enough to be like a valuable contributor and look like at the at a at an awful position, which is tight end in fantasy. Like I think a low end tight end one is very within the range of outcomes. It's just not that exciting. Yeah. I think ultimately when no one is talking about Ian Thomas though, and that's like I oh, would yeah. expect a Johnny Smith esque breakout from Ian Thomas. So you're gonna hear listen now. You're gonna hear Will Disley and Greg Olson and uh, potentially another player that we're going to talk about in a second's names being thrown out. But I, I think that Ian Thomas is going to be like one of those that I'm saying it now, like he might be one of those um, under the radar, low draft cost, um, end of the end of the draft type of guys who manages to ROI. Feels like the hype train could crank up on him at some point, but not to the point that I mean, with these because they're going to like draft a hot receiver that we're going to talk about later and he's going to steal all of the narrative juice. The Panthers. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to draft a receiver. They're going to get somebody. I feel like that. I mean, it's just I, I honestly now have like I've this is the first the last couple weeks have been the first time I've really been like, I really don't think Cam Newton's playing quarterback for the Panthers anymore. Mm. Now, now I'm kind of moving off that stance, which I feel like I've held since October that he would be back. It just seems it just seems like with the way the owner speaks, I don't. But who the hell knows? I say it's, it's a tough situation to read because like you can't come out and say like if he's healthy, he's our guy, and then be like we want to trade him because I don't know who know, who knows. I'm not gonna spend spending more time on. Well, who knows where Jason Witten is gonna land next year? That's the other aging tight end. He's only <gasps> three years older than Greg Olson. But man, whether it's the booth or the field, one of those blonde boys is having a better life than the other one. He says he wants to play. I mean, cool. I hear Buffalo and Washington are looking. Probably the Giants, too, because of his connection with Garrett. They could stay within the division. Well, like, Listen, Brett wrote it on the damn outline. I'm mentioning just, it while we're talking about old tight ends. 
ew. Jason Witten, just go away, man. Like, I mean, if he's not going to play in Dallas, why would anybody else? I'm surprised that he's not. But there's like the regime change probably really screwed him, right? Because he's like got to like make nice with McCarthy. But he was expecting, I imagine, like a coaching position on some level here. Right. right. Like you come back, like you blow it up in the booth. Tessa Torn, you don't make nothing but mayonnaise together. And now you got uh, <laughs> Dallas will help you wash away that narrative because you yeah. can come back and play and like have some abilities. You had, yeah, had yeah, some yeah. flashes, had some right? Mo- like, yeah, he's not. And then complete dust. And then he can be folded into the organization forever as a position coach. And start his coaching career so i think that he the was, former head coach was except for the stint on monday night football was long on that path like 20 years boom, ago Boom, right so, so now he's got mccarthy and he's like oh i gotta like i gotta love up another vanilla play caller fantastic it just taken me however many 19 years to do the last one it just makes no sense for him to play anywhere else other than dallas like if you're gonna either play in dallas or retire like don't go just toil in new york for a year I don't, unless, unless let's play, let's play freaking psychologist for a second. I mean, unless Garrett is telling him somehow that he could be a position coach in the, for the Giants. Like, we don't know where these alliances lie. It's just strange. Like, I think, I think Jason Witten really had like. Oh, but Gettleman would totally love Jason uh, Witten. Sorry, yeah, I can't help grit, myself that. Grit, <laughs> of course. I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we've been spreading the field with all these young receivers way too much. Let's get two tight ends in there. <laughs> Evan Ingram, not even a grit guy anyways. So, like, whatever. But also, you want I think you want to play a psychologist. I think Jason Witten is just, like, so shook from his one ear away from football that he's like, I can't. I can't get away from football ever again because, like, I need to play until I collapse because, like, look what look what happened last time. I got, I got cyber bullied into returning to the NFL. <laughs> That's why I think coaching is a good, is a good I, I think angle. so, too. But, I mean, just if you – I feel like if you retired right now – Jerry'd be like, "Now listen, Mike, you gonna have to give this boy uh, a spot on the coaching staff." And we we had a great sleepover together. That's nice, <laughs> but Ew. but let's be clear about something. <laughs> I still run the show here. Do you think he puts M and M's in his um, popcorn during sleepovers? If he doesn't, he's an idiot. If you don't put M and M's in your popcorn, you're an idiot. It's the best thing to do. Peanut M and M's. Nah, asterisk. Yeah, what? You, what do you give me that look for, Brett? Put peanuts in there. Peanuts at the movie theater yeah. or like at home? No, but then, at home but I, then don't you eat, melted, I don't eat. Melted, oh, melted in your mouth, not in your time. hand. Melts certainly amongst po- hot popcorn. Then you're gonna get the brown chocolate on your hand. Then you wipe your shirt or something Wait, like that. You don't know how to well, use a napkin. You don't. Also, you don't. Yeah, you don't wipe you don't your use hands a on your shirt. <laughs> Are you six? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I, listen, I have I have beard scruff. You might understand this. Like, and then all of a sudden you get out of the movie and you have this big brown mark on yourself well looks like something else maybe what what you know you think people think you can yourself in the movie theater maybe i don't know i don't want to walk out with a shell a delicious manufactured candy shell around m&ms that protect you from it looking like you have dookie on your hands i'm just saying it's it's a really bad move i would be afraid to have a move where i could potentially get out of that comfort zone yeah get like chocolate stains on myself in the dark of oh, a movie theater. I'm trying oh to enjoy. Let me let me, ex- let me explain a few things to you here. Number one, I can. You think as a recovering fat kid, I can keep M and M's in the house? No. If there's a bag of M and M's in the house, I will be under a bridge with thirty bag of M and M's by sunfall or whatever. Sundown. Sundown. See, I'm already <laughs> just thinking about the bags of M and M's. Two. 
I've been doing this my entire life. Yeah, only at the movie theater. I've been doing this in my entire life, and yeah, I've I've yet to come out of a out of a movie <laughs> with chocolate on my shirt. You got to time it right. You can't put it in like you can't get the M and get the popcorn and toss the M and M's okay. right in. You got to wait a little bit, let it cool. Wait, then you have a stale cold popcorn. No, 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 right. no, no, no. Also, like, forget, like eating it forget. from a bag, like you get it at the supermarket. Matt's personal experience is is not right here, right? Like, if you don't want to get brown stuff on your hand you just pop a bag of microwave popcorn at your house you get the jumbo peanut m&ms and then when it you open it when it's steaming you put it in and you shake it together and then even and then you go watch some bravo for a couple of hours it's great different experience and then you don't need to worry about anything on your hands and you can wipe it on your shirt because no one's gonna it's fine i just feel like i feel like my experience at the movie theater is trying to minimize instances in which I'm getting condiments, things on myself in the dark and not noticing until the end of the movie. You're eating in the dark, man. I mean, like, this is the, the, dream. the danger of it. <laughs> See, I love to play a little risk. It's like, a, it's like living a horror Are you film. like eating in the dark because, like, there's no shame. <laughs> there's no one can no see shame. you pick no, out. <laughs> no one can see me. I'm also, just a sloppy guy. I And I, and I, I know that. And I know that I probably shouldn't be. So I'm trying to to get out of instances, out of scenarios where I am putting myself in a position to to get a bunch of chocolate all over myself. Dude, in a yellow dark room. it. Yellow it. Yeah. Who yellow. cares? Sure. More life, baby. Where it's dark over myself. You could always bring a hoodie in. That way, if you yeah, you could just put disposable it. hoodie again. Use a napkin. Great. There's podcast. always that. There's <laughs> like I don't know if you, think, you know you're not just gonna like have a river of chocolate, but whatever. We're all here. We're all. Um, so speaking of Yolo, Drew Brees, he is leaning into it for everyone who very astutely, my God, round of applause, victory lap for everybody on football Twitter who said that Drew Brees was either going to resign or retire. Congratulations! What a wild take. He is resigning with. <laughs> The New Orleans Saints. The I things, mean, that was the, the best thing, one, the though. Thing gets, <laughs> the things that get on your radar always confuse me. Stuff like that. Like, but I think Breeze said that. No, but everybody, the take masters who were like, I'm telling you, when it, when this quarterback carousel stop, stops, I don't know much, but I know that Drew Breeze is either going to A, retire, or B, resign with the Saints. Where else are he going to go? You follow some weird take, take masters. No, that's not it. I'm with you on the m M&M, so come at me right now. We just started. Well, okay. I wish we had some m Anyway. <laughs> I had a weekend. Um, so it's going to be his 19th season in the league, his 15th with the Saints. I have to read the quote that he posted on his social media. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. We'll be talking social media later, but yeah, you got to do this now. Yes. He quote, uh, quote, look forward to the grind and the journey for the reward at the end will be worth it. With three exclamation points. Love you, Houdat Nation. Let's make another run at it. For the reward at the end will be... Who said... Is this what, is this the 1860s? Who says for the anything anymore? I'm props for using the comma correctly. <laughs> and three exclamation points. Is there anything more anti- antithetical than for the reward will be worth it? As if it's scripture. And then like <laughs> three damn exclamation points i you're right some shit gets on my radar this did well uh, exclamation points in general i are there on my radar i don't like exclamation points people it's like ugh, just very off-putting to read anything that has an exclamation point in it agreed I love three them. of them oh, oh three gosh. i don't do well, three is, but i love exclamation three points. is like if i ever type two like in a tweet or something i'm being like intentionally disingenuous that's just a giveaway but Three is parent or grandparent, yeah. like, asking old. you a question. 
Like, what time are you coming over for Thanksgiving? Three exclamation points. <laughs> but three exclamation <laughs> never, points uh, <laughs> earnestly is amazing. Yeah, right. Well, and you're right, though. Like, it's just... It's for the reward at the end will be worth it. My favorite was people... At the top of the mountain. The photo, by the way, was at the top of a mountain... I don't know where he was on vacation it looked like somewhere a cliff. and like he I was, was on like a cliff. What's, the, what's the meaning of this picture? Is this play gonna fall off a cliff? Is this a hill like Taysom Hill? Like oh. I'm on top of the hill. Taysom Hill's oh, been getting all this buzz. There was water in the distance. Maybe you take a bridge over that water. Oh, the water's fading. It's way in the distance because the water is gonna be flowing somewhere else uh-huh. for thirty million dollars at the Chargers or something like that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That was last week's podcast. Right, yeah. Go uh, some actual stats, just for what it's worth. In 2019, uh, Drew Brees averaged 270 passing yards per game over 11 games and about 20 fantasy football points per game. It was QB5 for a number of fantasy football points per game. As much as we're saying he's declining, Matt, you and I wrote articles about this over a year ago. Yep. Um, that's actually 270 is actually more yards per game than he managed in 2018 and exactly what he did in 2017. Though, of course, as you mentioned, he could be seeding some opportunities to taste some hill. So I don't think this changes anything. Nope. All I right. think we're right, right where we expected. To Other be. than people's knowledge about Drew Brees' favorite punctuation. Yeah, well, you're welcome for that. Effective use of comma, poor use of exclamation points. And weird sentence structure anyways. Case closed. Yeah. Adrian Peterson, Washington, picked up AP's cool. uh, 2020 option. He's going to be his age 35 season. We know that Rivera likes a veteran presence and he hates ping pong and foosball and all that fun. Last year, AP managed 898 yards and five touchdowns on 211 carries. He's the number five rusher on the all-time rushers list. Do you think, Matthew Harmon, Mm -hmm. that he will be—I can't even do it the straight face—that he'll be able to eclipse Barry Sanders, who's at the four spot, and by doing so will need to rush for 1,053 yards. 1,053 yards. 10-5-3. I'll take the under <laughs> on that. But I will. I mean, he's only back so he can, you know, get himself out of like what crippling debt or whatever. Nice. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's uh, that. So good for I saw some people be like, man, AP must really be playing for the love of the game. I don't think that's why he's still kicking it. Let's just be clear. <laughs> for the love of our roof. When you look at the like Washington's backfield, though, like there are so many damn needs in Washington because I, I started yeah. to think, you know, as we're looking at rookies and stuff and free agency, every time there's a player like a receiver, oh, they should go to Washington, uh, a tight end. Now that Jordan Reed has been released, has been oh, released. They, they should go to they should go to Washington. There's a need there. A cornerback. Oh, oh they, they, they need, should go. They, need that. they should go to Washington. An O-lineman. Oh, they like there's so many damn needs. I don't I don't. I don't really know. Darius Geis coming off of another surgery. Bryce Love had another an, an additional ACL surgery, I want to say, in in October. And that was a kid out of Stanford oh, who yeah. looked real good until he stayed for his senior year. Chris Thompson's still kicking around. Wendell Smallwood's still kicking around. But we know that those aren't really like those are scat backs, right? So anybody's guess. Have, it wouldn't like AP shouldn't be able to do this, but we've been saying that for two years. And it's not like when you look at the number of needs Washington has, whether or not they'll be able to fill the hole at running back is a question mark. And whether the rest of the numerous but incapable and durability struck 
backs might not be able to pull it off for him. Yeah, and I mean, I th- I don't know. I think this offense is a little bit interesting to see how it comes together, like you mentioned, because, you know, it's there's a decent amount of, like, youth here. Obviously, you know, we've got the quarterback. Mm-hmm. The receivers all, like, they had three rookies, like, contribute last yeah. year. Terry McLaurin, your boy Steven Sims popped up at, at, towards the end of the season. Uh Kev- Kelvin Quinoa Harmon uh, made a, made some plays here and there. He got some playing time here and there. Well, those are all very sim. I mean, very similar. Like then, Chris Thompson's your slot receiver. And- well, yeah. I mean, it's just like if you have that could potentially be their three wide receiver set, unless they add like a veteran or maybe another rookie in the draft. I don't know. I feel like you'd run it if you got three like somewhat to some to varying degrees promising rookies. Mm-hmm. You want to get a veteran presence in there or whatever. But Rivera wants a conservative offense he's not about like a lot of sure he definitely wants to run the ball and control the tempo with the defense and all that and like they have a lot of problems in the secondary they got a pretty decent front seven um brandon sheriff is a free agent this year he's one of their pretty good guards trent williams though that there was a report that he might come back that him and rivera are sort of mending the fences it's thawing it's thawing so that's good also i got a text from my dad today just randomly says some about washington's quarterback somehow i stumbled across an online video of washington of washington quarterback talking about handling hit the money he received during his first year i don't know beans about him what an old man thing to say <laughs> but other than he played for ohio state but he impressed me as a well-adjusted level-headed guy bought his mom a house himself a car worked with financial advisors and invested 30 percent of his pay he lives in an apartment for now he realizes that football football won't last forever i hope it works out for him in Dwayne ha- in dc and then Dwayne haskins with a smiling emoji just, this happened like 15 minutes before I got here for this podcast, and I thought that was fascinating. Well, he's a kid who was from originally from New Jersey and got plucked out into the incredibly prestigious and moneyed private Maryland school system. So I think he and he, and he was mentored by um, who was the other Rutgers alum? Uh, was it Mohamed Sanu? Mohamed Sanu, I think, was one of his. Well, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, Mohamed Sanu. I've thrown more passes than Taysom Hill, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big brain take. Wow. Um, yeah, so, well, good for Dwayne Haskins. You've uh, yeah. impressed my father. I mean, yeah, you've impressed Matt's dad and maybe— I wish I could invest 30% of my pay. I'm glad that you're reading some books about finance. Maybe the playbook next. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to text him back and be like, I don't know, Dad. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That's a take, but whatever. So um, the Combine's coming up. We've referenced that a little bit next week. um, I believe it starts Sunday, February 24th. That is the day that everyone arrives in Indianapolis. They get their St. Elmo Steakhouse on. They clear their sinuses with the shrimp cocktail. Things start to get lit. But really, nothing starts to happen until Wednesday. That's when the bench press begins. Yeah, the bench press. How the f*** is it the Combine already? Well, it's February 24th. Well, yeah, but like I feel like the Super Bowl just happened yesterday. That's because we were we were in Miami for a month. Yeah, for a month. That's true. (laughs) But like what? How did we get here? I'm like very taken aback. I'm not prepared for this at all. From what I understand, Liz, you have been just grinding that tape Mm. on these college players. Don't make your hand motion like that's gross. It's uh, cracking the pepper, you know? Yeah. On top of my Caesar salad at St. Elmo Steakhouse. Can I go to Are this? you going? No. Okay. They are like, going to send us banded the broken toys to the like I don't know. I combine. don't know why anybody wants to go to the combine. I want to go to the combine. Y'all can send me. I will talk. Well, it'll be I've in L.A. Isn't it going to be in L.A. like in the future? 
They'll send you up the street. Theory. Oh God, (laughs) I kind of want to go to Indianapolis. I want to have some of this shrimp cocktail. I think it would be awesome because there are like it does sound like of all of the off-season tentpole NFL events that the combine is one in which the coaches are hanging out and everybody's just sort of chilling, and you can walk into an elevator and be next to Sean McVay. And yeah, like I I think you get the most access to NFL decision makers. And, and like, everyone's that probably cool. still got the Super Bowl hangover and the like, how did we get here? How is it February? I thought I just bought my wife some roses. Like, I, They'd you know, see, like, the combine. <laughs> right. So I think they might be more willing to like open up and talk. And even if you aren't going to get any like tea, you know, that you can pour, you can also just get, to know their, well, get to know their personality. So yeah. like sometimes you read these quotes. Right. And a quote that Mike Vrabel says has got to be different than a quote, right, from Marvin Lewis. Funny you bring up Mike Vrabel. I was just going to share the story that I think it was two years ago, like right after he became the Titans head coach. Kendall, one of our social media editors, like saw Mike Vrabel walking down the street drunk, smoking a cigarette. I mean, Vrabel ripping a heater in the middle of uh, in the middle of Indianapolis. And Kendall says to him, go Titans, go Titans. And he lifted his fist up in the air like Rocky. Yeah, this giant behemoth of a man so i mean yeah i guess it like you're saying getting access to these guys like that's i just i just want to feel I the guess, vibe yeah i i have a, i mean i guess you're right about that the actual event of the combine snooze chris jones so <laughs> hogs out <laughs> hogs out at indy so uh next week actually on monday on monday that is next week i have <sighs> an article coming out of five of the buzziest names heading into the combine I actually did a bonus because this year is pretty rich for fantasy for fantasy players. There's a bunch of receivers. I have three receivers and three running backs. Even though it said five, the title has to be five because of something called SEO. But I bonused yep. it with six. Fine. I've always heard that it's uh, odd numbers are good. Yeah, five. And then coming out of the combine, I'm going to write a piece with top ten um, takeaways from the combine. But top ten? Yeah, I'm going to do ten takeaways. You better make it. 11. You better make it eleven. Why? Odd numbers, but ten is different. That's a different top ten list. That's I have. I well, I'm, maybe I'll bonus it to eleven. Yeah, top you, thirteen. You, top thirteen. I I used to get How about in, nine because it's less work. Nope, <laughs> that looks cheap. You're gonna go top fifteen. You that's you have you to get be, out of here. You write the last five. Let's call it even twenty one. Blackjack. The trap's in Perfect. Vegas, baby. Oh wow! Oh wow! So what? yeah, we'll do that. Oh, we'll, we'll do that, will we? Yeah. We yeah. together. Okay. I'm very Hashtag busy, though, so I can't. Um, I got a lot of M&M's to eat. There are lots of buzzy names. Everyone knows about Jerry Judy. Even if you don't know about him, you know the name. Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, um, <laughs> who's the really fast running back. Jonathan Taylor, right? Like, these are all names that are popping up. But I want from you, Matt, unless you didn't do the assignment. Of course I did the assignment. Well, assignment. The suggested assignment. The suggestion by you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to add. One of us I, I, is on the email chain trying to collaborate. I'm in. Okay. I, got, I did the. I did the. So who's work. your under the? Who is the under the radar prospect that you are keeping an eye on for whatever reason? Did you say under the radar? I didn't do that under the radar. Okay, so but, then who's the prospect that you're just interested in in watching? Well, I think the guy that I really want. Number one, I really want to see Henry Ruggs from the sure. Alabama receiver. Uh, he is, you know, supposed to be super fast. Mm-hmm. Um, look like that. We know that will bump you up like everybody's intrigue list. But also, I have watched a little bit of him. Definitely impressive in terms of like his ability to change directions, snap at the top of routes, everything like that. I think he is more than a speed guy. 
And, and I just like if he goes out there and puts like it's unfortunate we never really got a time on um, Marquise Brown because we knew he was yeah. super fast. But like if Ruggs goes out and rips under like I saw a lot of draft guys I follow that when the lines came out that his like over under for his 40 is 4.38. They're like, oh, pff, him. He's going to go under that by a lot. So if he goes if he's running out like a low four three or even a high four two, that's spicy. Okay. I like that one. T. Higgins is another good one. Good call. Yeah. Good call. I like a receiver. Okay. It's Antonio Gandy Golden. Out of Liberty. You know, I like the diamonds in the rough. Oh, Liberty. Yeah. Right down the street from Lynchburg. Oh, that's right. University that's right. of Lynchburg. He's from Texas, I believe, originally. Uh six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. Love the catch radius. Hands are incredible. He's basically got a highlight reel of circus catches from 2019. The most exciting thing is that he improved considerably on focus drops from 2018. So you're seeing growth there in addition to just wild athleticism. He is physical, yes. Obviously, like a perimeter deep threat sort of guy. Uh, but physical, yes, but also fast and strong. I mean, he will like swat at DBs and he will drag DBs. And so obviously, because he's coming out of Liberty, the number one knock against him is level of competition, right? Um, also, he was used primarily as a red zone threat. He didn't do much route running. He certainly did not get into the middle. So he has a pretty underwhelming route tree. It's a little bit sloppy. He's not, he's very agile, but he's not quick twitch. So I don't think he'll really, he's not versatile enough to go outside and, you know, do the dirty stuff in the slot. But when I was watching him, he reminded me a lot. I wrote down Kenny Galladay immediately. And then I look back at my Miles Boykin notes, Ooh, guy we both liked. Nice. Both those guys, uh, size, speed, match. Um, so I think he's very much like Kenny Galladay. And I think I would like to see him end up, and you don't think this is going to happen, but I would like to see him if, especially if Cam were to come back, which you also don't think this is going to happen, uh, uh, to Carolina. Because now they ha- they could add some size. They have three speedy receivers that they have built for Cam. Yeah. And now they could have a size speed prospect. I also wonder... In addition to his route running, just as a side note, um, I could see him getting called for pushing off a lot at the next level. Grinding that tape. That's it's all here. Ground. It's been, my, it's been, it's been, it has been ground. Um, but I want to see what he does at the combine because when I'm matching his metrics, particularly to Boykins last year, I think he could really, I mean, He's projected to go in the second or third. I think he could creep into the top of the second. Nice. Oh, that's he's definitely, I mean, Anybody that uh, spends some time in Lynchburg is uh, not a a friend of mine. But, uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Another guy, another more like guy that's going to go in the first round that I really want to see how they work out is Justin Jefferson from LSU uh, because I think he can be one of these inside-outside guys. Um, Mm. I thought he – when we had the assignment a couple of weeks ago about pairing a rookie to a team, I thought – Justin Jefferson would be a great fit for the Eagles because I think he's like a big immediate impact player. They don't really have a natural inside-outside guy. They're probably going to cut Alshon. He's not the speed threat that the Eagles desperately need, but he does. Again, I think he shows a lot that would make him an instant impact type player. And I just want to see like him go out there, you know, put some like above average athleticism to what's already a pretty 
decent frame and ability to high point everything like that. So, yeah, he's a guy I got my eye on, too. So three guys to keep three receivers in particular to keep an eye on. It's a big-time receiver class. You see Mel Kuyper said 30 receivers are going to go in the first three rounds, which is, by the way, mathematically, that's not going to happen. Wild, wild thing for Mel to say. Interesting to see how these running backs are going to fall, too. Yeah. You know, especially with the market that we've talked about before. Because there are three really, really, maybe even four really, I think in any other year, running backs that could have gone much sooner mm-hmm. if the market weren't where it's at. But anyway, keep a lookout for those articles. And then I, I believe, Brett, are you are are you doing a pod with Charles and Therese from Indianapolis? I will be here in Los Angeles, but they are on Wednesday evening. That should so the first, that's thir- the bench press yeah. night for the receivers, tight ends and running backs. Yeah, I think it'll be just more more thoughts from the whole week. We have this interesting CBA stuff that just mm-hmm. came to light. I think the the players are voting on it. So I, we're not going to really have lots of re- like reaction from the actual uh, workouts, but we will have some just those guys are really connected. So they're going to be yeah. talking to a lot of league sources about what's going on, what teams are looking at. Probably the week after we'll have the full reaction of, of, of the workouts. So it's going it's to be strange doing the workouts later in the week. They're doing them prime time this year. It's a bit of a weird yeah, year. They for don't the really combine. the on field workouts like the 40 and stuff yeah. don't start until Thursday. And that's for the receivers, running backs and tight ends. And then I think the DBs or defensive linemen finish things up with the on-field workouts on Sunday. So it's a weird, like... They're trying to kind of make the combine into the draft the way yeah. that the draft used to be a Saturday and Sunday. It was in the morning. It's like a Thursday, Friday event because everyone wants They're making wants a Thursday, season. Friday prime yeah. time now. They're trying to make a TV show out of it. We'll see what happens. There. Yeah. Interesting takes. All right. So it's that special time of the season where players are tweeting, gramming, talking, and peaching. That is a Brett special. We, the media, need to interpret what's going on for you, our loyal audience. So we'll start with item number one. Derek Carr Instagrammed a picture of him and former teammate Khalil Mack. Ah. Um, Let me just say, Adam Rank, I love you. He was the first commenter on the post. Um Loyal Bears fan. Are we so desperate Yeah, uh, in Chicago? Like, right? Are we, Liz? No. You oh. know what? No. And I, I, Like, the last thing I want is Derek Carr backing up Mitchell Trubisky. Or, like, great. You know what? 3D printers exist. <laughs> Print one out. You already have one. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Sorry. I was like, when I saw that too, like I I saw the Bears like SB Nation blog tweet out the screenshot of and be like, oh, very interesting. And I'm like, this is pathetic that you guys are excited about this. No one's excited about it, Matt. No one's excited about it. Oh, not I didn't say you guys are are plant. You're just trolling everybody. Who's trolling, Brett? With this damn picture? Well, I suggested that uh, this be something that we talk about. Like, Did you put this picture in here then? No, no, no. But I I just suggested this is something. Or did, did I suggest it? Or oh, you I suggested suge- it based on my tweet about you it. Tweeted a, yeah. You tweeted the picture. Yes. And I was struggling February 20th. <laughs> you remind everyone again, struggling to come up with some content for today. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just talk about what's going on on social think, media. I think we should... Point, not because of this, like, but because of all of these things are so funny to like pay because people legitimately like have moments on the internet about this. And the second item we're going to talk about is even more so. But like, come on, number one, the Bears, they're not going to get Derek Carr because it doesn't make any sense. Like, number one, you'd have to you'd have to trade for him. What the hell are they going to trade? He has a big fat contract. Oh, Mac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sick and like 
like you can't put but that's the thing like i mean i saw like rank getting excited about it Ugh. i saw some bit like come on guys like that's pathetic you, you gotta you gotta have higher standards all right this. so what do you think about stefan diggs deleting everything vikings related from his ig i think i think he does this on purpose my theory is he does emoji i think he does this on purpose um i mean i was we t- i talked to him in miami and a couple things there number one i almost asked him like why is because he's just like a weird social media guy right like he tweets out these weird things that are like kind of i don't know like covert messages that probably don't mean anything and i was gonna ask him may i one second may i share because you're on the topic i did peep his grid about that and um he had from the millennial therapist which by the way, as an account, I definitely want to follow. When people form opinions who we are without our input, they are projecting who they need us to be so that they can avoid questioning who they are or what they believe. That was from January 16th of this Damn. year. Damn. Sick. So as we project on him, it's a reflection of our needs, hopes, desires, and lack is what I am taking away. I think that, wow, that is like spot on. Um, but like I was going to ask him what like, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> but it's so true, but that's so true. Like people, people that like want to, th- like people think tr- try to make this a thing all the time. I was going to ask him like your, his Instagram default picture has been like that Patrick staring down, like excited meme for like two months now. Who cares? Like, I don't, he's probably just, I would just say it takes, probably takes a lot of time to have somebody like scrub your Instagram or if you scrub your own Instagram, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a lot of work. But I think it probably means nothing. Also, he's not a free agent until 2024. So if yeah. he is doing this, then he is definitely trying to like, I if think this he's is trolling. purposeful, then he's either trolling or he's trying to create this buzz. Congratulations. We're do- you're doing it in order to create some sort of trade market for himself. Because contractually, I mean, if Minnesota cut him this year, they would take a cat- cap hit of 14, over $14 million. Well, I think the thing that it, it, like there's always trade rumors about him. So I think if he'd go anywhere, it would be in a trade. The Vikings would be the Vikings. Yeah, right. As to your point, the Vikings would be stupid as hell to trade him. Number one, I think he's one of like the twelve-ish best receivers in the NFL. He's the best receiver, best offensive player on his own team. They're also in a window. They're also in a window, but I just I think there's my my guess would be that there's just a little bit of frostiness between him and the quarterback because like I think what he like he definitely doesn't care about from our interview. Like he doesn't. I don't think he cares about. I'm not, I don't have this much production, this type of stuff. Like, I think it gets on his radar as with any receiver, like that you're judged based on that when there's so much else you're doing on a route to route basis. I think he just, I just think he probably doesn't get along with the, his quarterback. But, but who, I, I still don't think the Vikings are ever going to trade him. So, like, what are we doing here, you know? Item number three. Oh. Menage of Boston. Group chat between Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Tom Brady. Affleck and Damon were asked where it asked TB12, texted him actually. Ben Affleck texted Tom Brady and said, it's a Group chat. Got yeah. the iMessage going. Where, on. where are you going? Well, it was Ben Affleck who asked the question, though. He like initiated the question in the group chat. I'm not sure. There was an interview with I Affleck. Watched it. Oh, okay. No, he said me and Matt, Matt asked him. I don't, I don't know who asked the question. Okay. There's a group chat between these three Boston bros. Either Matt <laughs> What do you think they talk about ben, in that group chat? I don't know. Apples. Um, 
Ben or Matt asked Tom, you coming back to the Patriots? That was a horrible accent. Um, and according to Ben Affleck, Tom Brady responded with the shrugging emoji. Mm. How do you like them apples? Nice. Very, a lot of good uh, Goodwill hunting refs here. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's going to be back with the Patriots. I, I okay, who cares? I am more shook by Ben Affleck's face. I don't know what the hell happened to it. He was so hot. You want to just say to him, it's not your fault. It's, I mean, not, it's not your fault. Ben, go back to whatever whatever you did during the town. Just go back to that. Let me let me have that. Or, you know what? You don't even need to be that perfect. Like I said earlier, go back to being out of breath and doing your own stunts in Daredevil because, you know, ladies like a little bit of a project. That's all what I'm going to say. Look at, or call either of your gen, ex-Jennifers and ask who's doing their work because those ladies look fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a very good point. She got um, that Capital One money. What uh? What was one movie he was in recently? Oh, that was bad. Batman. And, yeah, I liked him as like I like old him. sad yeah. Batman. Yeah, that was a good look for him. Because he's kind of like broken. Like yeah. there's just something like a li- but be paunchy. Be don't you don't freeze your damn face, Ben. We don't want to see you young. I, he doesn't even look. He doesn't even look young. He looks like he's morphing into Robert De Niro without the acclaim. <laughs> oh. But I will take you. I'll fix you, Ben. Like, let's get into... No, because you got that other stuff going on. So, no. But, like, I don't know. I could imagine a world in which I, like, pick Ben Affleck up in the back of, like, a bench seat Oldsmobile. And we just, like, tear it up at the happy hour at the lobster. At the lobster? Yeah. Hmm. I like an ocean view and, you know, I'm not, like, a (laughs) Hanano type of girl. Fair enough. Item number four. LeBron James tweets disgust at the Astros sign stealing situation with super useful hashtag. <laughs> just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie, regardless of my own sport play. I play, but close enough. So, I liked, I did like the, that he said, I'm in sports. <laughs> I dabble. Are we in sports? Uh, can, can we just like, I, I don't know. I think this Astros thing is kind of the. Here, here's something. We're talking about baseball, period. Also, comma, baseball before April. This is the best thing to happen to baseball. This is a, this is like when the T-Rex found that they had DNA in some amber somewhere and could be resurrected as a species. Be glad for the buzzers. Also, Astros, just go in. I feel I do. I do feel like you had the Jurassic Park movie mixed up there. The T-Rexes didn't find their own I but they their lineage could be they're, like they're talked we're talking you're essentially saying baseball is a dinosaur is a dead for millions of years dinosaur and now we're talking now they're roaming the streets of San Diego again and like you get a mosquito bite in their back mosquito bite cheating scandal you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I mean look I'm with you on that this is the first time like baseball has taken up 0.5% 0.5% of my brain. 0.5 is a lot for you. That's a lot for, for You're baseball. You're not in carbonite anymore? Yeah. I what mean, the hell? Like, it's a, that's pretty good. So I agree. Like, I even have, like, takes. Like, it's, like, outrageous that, you know. All, that, Give me your take. Give me your baseball take. I mean, Matt the thing Harmon. is just, like, you got to suspend some of the players. Sure. Right? I don't know. That's what people I mean, I just say. feel like baseball's got all of these, like, First of all, the Astros are now the the Astros are the Patriots. So congrats. Uh, 
our friend uh, from work, John Nichols of Jethro Jenkins, says that the NBA is worse because the Warriors are not good this year. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but like the NBA is worse because the Warriors are bad. Like there's no villain. Oh, I see. The, the, and the every, Astros get to be that. The yeah. Astros now get to be the villain mm-hmm. uh, that everybody hates. That's a great point. And like, so now I agree with you. Like the Yankees used to be that. Yeah, right. But nobody can put that stuff anymore. I mean, I had to block the Yankees. I forget every now and again, I'm reminded that I blocked the Yankees on Twitter like a few years ago because a certain coworker of mine uh, back at the National Football League oh, uh, would share it all the time. And I'm like, I can't see Yankees on, on my timeline anymore. I blocked the whole baseball account for no reason. Now baseball has a villain again. And I think that's good. Like the NFL has, I feel like several villains. So which is why people probably, you know, like the sport so much. It's good for baseball. I agree. That's Quick where we started. question for you guys while we're still while it's still in the same month that the Super Bowl happened. Do you guys think that the Chiefs could become villains? I think that is a great question. And I mean, everybody, what what's the line from uh, is it is it Batman? Dark Knight. You Dark Knight. You, you, you either die here or you live long enough to see yeah. yourself become a villain. Right. I feel like there, everybody at some point, if you're that successful that long, like people will eventually get tired of you. But like it's hard for me in this moment. I mean, I can't think back to like because I was like in elementary school, like when the Patriots became dominant, like when what we felt about like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady at the time. But I feel like they weren't as likable as like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are right now. You know, I don't know. Plus, they got to like speaking of cheating scandals, they got to have some of that along the way. It feels unlikely that they become a villain unless you're a Raiders, Broncos or Chargers fan. Then I think at some point you're going to get sick of those guys uh, curb stomping you uh, every year. I think also they've lived in the or Andy Reid in particular (laughs) has lived in the presence of being an underdog for so long. It's really hard to become. And yes, the Patriots, people like Patriots fans, New England fans will at me about saying like, well, you have no idea what came before all of the success, what came before like the early 2000s or even the late 90s, I guess. But and that's true. But Bill Belichick was never known to be like an affable walrus like human. Right. He just wants to eat a hamburger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not getting quotes like that from Bill. He's not wearing like he's the guy who fires people on Christmas Eve. Right. He's not wearing a Hawaiian shirt to media night. By the way, Bill Belichick is a guy who resigned from being the Jets coach right before he became the Patriots coach on a frickin napkin. Like not the most. Yeah. Not very affable. Not very uh, likable already. So I think Andy Reid would have to – the only reason people don't like Andy Reid was they were Eagles fans in like the mid-2000s and uh, they were pissed that he never won him a Super Bowl. I think we should end on napkin because that's coming full circle to you especially, Brett. Good point. You know, Bill Belichick yeah. hands if, the Jets if, a napkin and we hand <laughs> you both metaphorically and literally a napkin so that you can move out of your comfort zone. Tuck it in my shirt. I go see the Sonic Hedgehog movie by myself. Oh, you want to go together? Oh, my God. <laughs> No. Okay. I heard it's really bad. I, no, it no made desire. more money than a horrible film, uh, but still one that was quite popular, the Pokemon Detective movie. Oh, uh-huh. I did see that. I almost watched that on the oh, airplane going to Miami, and I um, elected not to. Yeah. I elected to watch Lord of the Rings for I, probably the 30th time. I sat behind you on the plane, and I watched you watch Lord of the Rings, and it was uh, quite an experience. It is quite an experience. And this has been a lovely experience. experience. So we are out. You can join us next week for more Fantasy Foolishness. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Lowe's underscore FF. That is Matt 
Harmon underscore BYB, and we are the vice.